Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Fade Hotline is presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Doran Dickerson, Pat Bostic, Austin Bechtold here with you. And joining us right now on the fan hotline is PFF's Brad Spielberger. Brad, how's everything going, man? Doing great. How you doing? Doing fantastic. And uh, I, I know you saw that the Steelers are finally throw the, throwing their hat in the ring for their offensive coordinator search. Zach Robinson, the pass game coordinator for the L.A. Rams. Zach Robinson drafted in the seventh round. In 2010, uh, played four years in the NFL, was assistant receivers coach for a while with the Rams, won a, won a Super Bowl with the Rams, was assistant quarterback coach, and now he's the quarterback coach and uh, the pass game coordinator. Is this the right direction the Steelers need to start in, Brad? He also, and this isn't why I'll say the answer is yes, but he also spent some time with uh, good old PFF doing some work for us. So, um Yes. Everyone you talk to about Zach Robinson, it sounds like he is a very, very high-level quarterbacks coach and the work on the receiver side as well, tying the concepts together, um, helping quarterbacks get in sync with their receivers, tying passing game concepts, you know, to a degree where you look at his work in L.A. I mean, we think of the transition from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford. He also had to work with John Wolford when there were injuries there. Um, look at the receiver development that's, been, that's happened over the last couple of years. Tutu Atwell coming along slowly, but coming along. Obviously, Puka Nakua, the big story this year, and so on and so forth. And the Rams changed their entire offenses here. I mean, they really, really did. They were an under-center play-action-based team. They were this heavy shotgun. Um, you know, they were a gap scheme rushing team. Like They really reinvented themselves. Um, I think it's a great, great uh, person to interview. Um, and you can't talk to anyone who doesn't think very, very highly of that. Brad, Pat Bostic, uh, talking about the Steelers in particular and their process, obviously Detroit's likely to have an opening at offensive coordinator with Ben Johnson, probably going to get a head job. How, how long do you expect this process to go for the Pittsburgh Steelers and otherwise 
is it is it more prudent for them to work fast or wait it out based on openings that may happen here in the coming weeks? You know, it's a good question, and I think my opinion on this has changed in, in recent years. So first I would say this process this year is going really, really slowly, and I think that is where the NFL is trending. I think teams are doing actually more thorough searches and genuinely having a more open mind and less predetermined hires at times. Chicago, you know, knew they needed an OC weeks before Pittsburgh did, uh, you know, just because they were in the playoffs, obviously, uh, and still only hired Shane, Wald- Shane Waldron yesterday. So I think it's going to take a while, and I really don't think there should be much of a rush. I always go back to the entire NFL basically didn't interview Mike McDaniel. Uh, the Dolphins were the last team to make a hire by, I think, multiple weeks as every other head coaching job filled up. No one even talked to the guy, and he might be a top-five head coach in the NFL. So – I don't think the, the, the rush really doesn't matter. I get you want to be in the mix for top candidates, and you don't want to miss out on a bunch of hires. But like you said, there's so much turnover. There's so many guys moving jobs. Um, I think you just get the right guy. Take your time. Go through a good process and just get the right guy for your, your building. Brad, as we sit here today, in, in your mind, what, what's Kenny Pickett's ceiling? Uh, as you assess him throughout the first two years, well, first kind of year and a half, or maybe actually just one year if you put it all together with injuries and not playing in the first batch of games is rookie year. But w- what do you think his ceiling actually is uh, heading into next year? Yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's super high, and that's not just because of his NFL you know, career. I, I just think as a prospect, his ceiling was never really, you know, the, the, the beauty of him as a prospect. I think he had a high floor. I, I think, you know, we've seen uh, – basically what you were hoping he could be, obviously, at a better rate, potentially. But, you know, very few turnovers. But, you know, having a touchdown rate below 2%, the lowest of any quarterback drafted, I think, the first three rounds in an infinitely long amount of time, um, like that's, that's kind of who he is to a degree as well. I mean, he can make throws to deep parts of the field, had a bunch of beautiful throws in the sideline this year, um, is a solid athlete, you know, can scramble a little bit, can throw on the run, going to his left and to his right. But, like, tools-wise, he just isn't, you know, when you watch playoff games and you're sitting there watching Lamar and Mahomes and Josh Allen and these guys uh, that played this past weekend, uh, you're seeing guys that I think just innately can do things that they Kenny Pickett probably can never do. So it's not super high. But the floor I do think is high, and I do think that you get a real offensive coordinator in that building um, that, that actually can make his life easier and, and scheme up some easy completions for him, have a coherent offense, um, and, and he will play much better. I, I do think he was being held back um, by Matt Canada, no question about it. Everything we've read, everything we've heard is that Kenny Pickett will be the starter next season or be given every chance to be the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. With that said, the Steelers draft 20th overall in the coming draft, and they've got some holes. They've got some cap issues they've got to they've work with. What do you see as their biggest needs, Brad, in terms of the Pittsburgh Steelers getting back to playoff contention in 2024? Yeah, so look, they do have some holes. So the roster's not perfect, but honestly, if you're sitting there and you like a guy like a Bo Nix um, or you know, like J.J. McCarthy, who I don't think should be starting in 2024, but I do think could be developed into a starting quarterback, it, you know, it has really good tools and, and intangibles and all that. Um, you know, Michael Penix, if he's there at 20, has a rocket arm. We saw what he, he did in the college football playoff and I do think he will be there. Um, I don't think he goes as early as some mock drafts have him right now. Like, I, I think you could make an argument that the roster is good enough to where fixing the most important position in all sports matters more than anything else. But, well, let's move on from that. I mean, I think this, the secondary is the obvious one, and cornerback in particular, 
you have JPJ now. I think there's not a single other player on the roster that you should feel confident is, is playing for your team at cornerback in 2024. Uh, so corner is the biggest one, and I really do like this class at corner. A lot of really good players, a lot of scheme-diverse players that could play some man coverage in Pittsburgh. Um, I, I think that's where I, I look to go as well. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. We're talking with Brad Spielberger of PFF. Brad, is Brock pretty good, or is it all just window dressing because he has all the resources around him? So I guess you could say there, there's an example. I mean, I, I think Pickett is a you know on-par prospect or, or better you know, tools-wise prospect than a Brock Purdy, uh, but you see the ceiling you know, being a guy who has made back-to-back championship games I do think the narrative's gone a little bit too far in both directions. So early in the year, people were saying he was like a top 10 quarterback, and it was like, all right, let's, let's relax. Uh, he has Kyle Shanahan and the best offensive weaponry in the entire NFL. And then the other direction, like, no, he's doing nothing. He's just driving a Lamborghini, but he is a, you know, just, just a total, you know, you know, non-cog in the offense. It's also too far. I, I think he plays very well within structure. He gets the top of his drop, plants his foot, and throws on time. Um, he, but you saw in the, in the game in the rain, uh, you know, he, he was terrible in that Packers game. He truly, truly, uh, they should have lost that game. And, and because of him, they should have lost that game. But he did come in, lead a, you know, touchdown drive to close it out. So for me, I still say he, he falls in the range of like the 12th to 16th best quarterback in the NFL. Um, again, a guy whose ceiling is not super high, but at this point, his floor uh, is clearly quite high. Brad, I think you and I are aligned on this. What do the Steelers do at left tackle? It's a position that's been a problem for them. I know you guys and and your tool is incredibly helpful to analysts like myself. Um, Obviously, Dan Moore did not grade out well at all this season. Do do they move on? Is it free agency or is Broderick Jones going from right to left? I I think you got to move Broderick back to his natural side. I think he even said in in a postseason interview, like, yeah, I'm just way more comfortable on the left side. Um, and, and I really just am, am kind of puzzled by the whole situation there with tackles. I guess you're probably moving on from Chuck Sakura for two. Um, you know, maybe trade him, I guess, because you shouldn't just be cutting a 27-year-old starting caliber tackle. Yeah, Dan Moore, uh, you know, I, I get that you want to develop guys and give them time. As of right now, and it's going into the fourth year of his rookie deal, he is not a guy that you can start in, in the NFL. I mean, he had the, uh, uh, one of the worst pressure rates in the league the last two years, not just this past year. The year before, I think it was actually even worse. So, I think left tackle should be Broderick Jones. I mean, you trade up in the first round for a guy who is a good left tackle in college, and then you figure out the right tackle position, whether it's in the draft again or whether you dip into free agency. Maybe you move Dan Moore there, but clearly, for some reason, they think he should be on the blind side. But he just, he, he just is not a starting caliber tackle in this league. Brad, uh, this Sunday is exciting. Uh, you know, obviously because of the quarterback matchup in the AFC. Uh, you got Mahomes, you got Lamar Jackson, both playing at a high level right now. In your opinion, like, who would you take? Who are you going to take like, to win the football game uh, on Sunday? Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? By the way, they're playing right now. Both awesome. Both you know clear cut top five quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I think the Ravens are, are probably going to win this game. Yeah. I, I think the Chiefs, not to take away from what they've done, but I think they have caught two. Pretty favorable situations where first you play Miami, not only, you know, on the frozen tundra uh, against the Miami football team, but the most injured defense in the NFL that made it to the playoffs. I mean, just like didn't have a pass rush. They're they're trotting out a bunch of guys that I think you played with uh, at edge rusher 
Uh, and, just, <laughs> just, uh, and then, uh, you know, you go to Buffalo, they're decimated as well. Like all their linebackers dropping, corners dropping as well. You go to Baltimore and, and you're going to have Travis Kelsey up against, you know, Kyle Hamilton and Roquan Smith and maybe a little bit of Patrick Queen. Like that's going to be a tough matchup. And then these outside corners, you know, are probably better. And, and they've had some issues there too. But I think Marlon Humphrey comes back. Um, and, and I think that you just, you just see a way, way, way better defense that causes the Chiefs to look more like, you know, that offense that struggled throughout the year. Now, look, the Chiefs' defense is, is awesome, and it's going to give Lamar some problems, but they can be run on. And we saw it with Josh Allen and, and James Cook and, and Ty Johnson, uh, you know, really ran with ease. I think you're going to get a classic Baltimore Ravens, just ground and pound, um, and, and then Lamar has efficient but maybe lower volume passing, just like their game against Houston. Um, I think this is the most complete team in football. Uh, I think they are going to win this game. If Baltimore is the most complete team in football, America's team right now is the Detroit Lions. I want to ask you about Jared Goff. You, you've thrown out some some kind of ranking ranges for quarterbacks. Where do you rank Jared Goff right now uh, in the the kind of hierarchy of quarterbacks in the National Football League? Yeah, so, so he's fascinating because, again, a guy where I think the narrative kind of skews too far in both directions. When the pocket is clean, which is what you saw against Tampa, he can make every single throw. I mean, they have a good offensive line. They do have good weapons. But when he is kept clean and does not face pressure, he has a rocket for an arm. He can fit balls in the tight windows. He can throw over the middle of the field, um, the intermediate deep parts of the field. Uh, he, you know, he can throw into tight windows or, you know, throw guys open, lead guys away from coverage. Like, he can do all of those things, but when he is pressured, he becomes, you know, one of the worst quarterbacks. You know, the split between clean and pressured is as drastic as any quarterback in the league. So, for me, he's kind of in a, in a 10 to 15 range. You know, the head of a Brock Purdy. He's flirting with top 10. He's kind of right on that cusp. Um, and depending on, you know, like, for example, this year, like, Kirk Cousins gets injured. Do you drop him out and does Jared Goff jump in? Like, he's right in that area, but it's just – I still do struggle with when conditions are poor for him, if it's you know bad weather outside or if the blocking is not great and a team's getting home uh, with four rushers. He, he then, look at the Baltimore game. Speaking of you know these last two teams we're talking about, Baltimore's getting home with these sim pressures against Goff, and it's windy and rainy in Baltimore, um, and he couldn't do a thing. So anyway, yeah, he, he's good. He, he's a good player. Uh, he's just not one of those elite guys. Thank you, Brad. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Where should the Steelers go in the draft? Uh, they have the 20th pick in the first round. You know, what direction do, uh, do we see them going and what's their biggest need and what's their biggest hole to fill? We'll talk about that next, but first, a Bechtold headline. All three pro teams made headlines yesterday. According to Albert Breer, the Steelers requested an interview with Rams passing game coordinator Zach Robinson for the offensive coordinator opening. The Pirates signed left-hander relief pitcher and all-star Aroldis Chapman to a one-year $10.5 million deal. And the Penguins, 5-2 loss on the road at Arizona. The Coyotes were on the man advantage when the Penguins scored on themselves. It's the first team to score a power play goal for Arizona without recording a power play shot in a game as the Penguins on the pass from Chris Letang to Evgeny Malkin went off Malkin's stick and into the net. Headlines, Proper Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. And now, 
Here's Doran. Trust is a key component in my life, and let me tell you about something that I'd absolutely trust to sell my home, and that's Gina Petro. You'll have a five-star experience when you sell your home with Gina. It goes without saying, when you sell your home, you want an agent who will take the initiative to get the job done. Lou says Gina was so hands-on from start to finish, and that's why she got the job done. Lou says Gina made him feel important. He says he and his wife felt like Gina cared about their needs every step of the way. Even though Gina has a lot of clients, she always took the time to answer all of Lou's questions and provided some coaching for him as well. Gina will sit down with you. You agree on a price. You agree on a deadline. The deadline passes and the home isn't sold. She'll have a bought and turned into a rental. She also offers a no obligation guarantee. If she doesn't do her job at any point, you're free to get out of the contract. You know what to do. Pull out your phone. Give Gina a call, 724-602-9752, or Google Gina GMP of Remax Select Realty, and look up Gina Will Sell Your Home.com. That's Gina Will Sell Your Home.com. Bad Morning Show is brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing, Dickerson, Bostick, Bechtold, here with you on the Fan Morning Show. The Steelers have the 20th pick in the draft. Last year, they traded up to get Broderick Jones um, right outside of the first round. They got Joey Porter Jr. But Broderick Jones, them trading up uh, last year for Broderick Jones, uh, I, I thought that was something that they, you know, I, I wasn't expecting them to really do. And whenever they did, I was like, this is a nice move. This is a nice way to head into the right direction. You get a young tackle that is athletic. Uh, you know, obviously they slow played him this year, but he's there to stay. Don't know if he's going to be a right tackle. Don't know if he's going to be a left tackle. But they have the 20th pick in the draft as we sit here right now. Could they trade up? Maybe. Uh, could they stay put? Probably. Um, but what position is of need the most for the Pittsburgh Steelers as we sit here right now? Now, obviously, they're going to probably target some guys in free agency to fill some holes. But as we sit here right now with the, the first-round pick, Pat, like where would you go in the draft uh, as the Steelers uh, approach it coming into the next, what, three months? Yeah, I mean, we heard Brad Spielberger say corner, and, and we talked about that yesterday with Jeff. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. If you look at your CBS's draft rankings, uh, I mean, you can't help but look at Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama, right. which is a, just a fantastic name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 17th overall player in the draft by ranking. Nate Wiggins at Clemson's right there. Cooper DeGene at, at, at Iowa was a really good player. Kalen King at Penn State. Um, you could have two Penn State guys back at corner. You look at linebacker, we talked about you know, they've kind of, you know, with Cole Holcomb, the tough injuries for both yes. those guys, man. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is intriguing. Now, he's linebackers typically don't get weighted heavily in terms of their rankings. Probably a second-round guy. He's ranked by CBS as a 39th overall prospect. But, man, I mean, you talk about playing at a high level, pedigree, name, you know, speed, fits everything that Mike Tomlin would want on a, on a defense. I expect them to go corner linebacker early in this draft and probably corner in the first round. Um, I, I don't see them going quarterback this year. I, I don't – if Penix is there, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't see it in J.J. McCarthy. Mm-hmm. I see solid in him. I don't see spark. Um, and, you know, I, candidly, I was Caleb Williams and, and, and everybody else is going to be at the, at the top end of that draft uh, when you look at, at, at where things are slated right now. But – I like corner. I think that's where I fall. What about center? Would you ever draft a first-round center? I, I'm not – I mean, recent history would tell you not really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
you've seen it work out, right? I mean, you, you see Buffalo, I mean, Kansas City, rather, with Creed Humphrey, and I think it's something to consider. Um, They've done it before, obviously, Pouncey. Pouncey was a, a, a great pick. Um, yeah, I, I don't know of one that just jumps off the page to me as being, like, elite, mm-hmm. but I haven't done enough research on that position, and their needs at, at defensive back are legitimate. I mean, they're 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 thin there particularly on the perimeter. I think we can agree that there needs to be something done with the tackle spots, though. Like, whether it's move Broderick Jones back to right. left and draft a right tackle or keep Broderick Jones at right tackle, draft a left tackle, or sign a left tackle, I, I think Dan Moore Jr. is should be moving on. At this point. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, unless you're going to move him inside and, and, and slide things around, um, they need to – they need to pay off the investment in Broderick Jones. And if it requires a little bit of learning on the job, they've got to go there. If that's their left tackle of the future, if not, if you if you said for whatever reason, based on what you see in practice, camp, game, he can't play there or is not ready to play there, um, and you probably got to go elsewhere to get that left tackle. But you can't I, – I don't think you can line up next year with Dan Moore at left tackle. I've never really asked you this, and this is a little aside, but if you look at – Jameer Gibbs and what he did in the playoffs. You look at Christian McCaffrey uh, and what he's done all season. Now, Isaiah Pacheco, he was a seventh-round pick, and you know he's done fantastic for Kansas City, and obviously the uh, the Baltimore Ravens have had injuries at the running back spot. But it, what's your what's your thoughts on the value of running backs in like in, in draft-wise? Now, I know that the whole pay scale and whatever, and, and you know through the offseason it was it was kind of wild, and you know their value has been diminished in that aspect of paying somebody. But would you draft – and then the Steelers aren't going to do this, but would you draft a first-round running back if the right guy was there? And do you think they have value coming out of the uh, coming into the draft? I would value a Christian McCaffrey over a Najee Harris because of their pass-catching ability and ability to, to, to play on every down. And not that Najee can't catch the ball, but he doesn't have game-breaking capabilities. He's not a guy that I, I'm you know, just salivating, drawing up screens for. Or, or finding a way to get the ball in the perimeter. They're doing that with Jalen Warren. So I think there's more value in volume at that position. I mean, the Steelers were only one of the only teams in the NFL to only have two guys who have a carry this year. Think about it. I don't think another player, another running back, touched the ball outside no. those two. So they, no. they, I mean, they don't, they don't have anybody else. So I, I, I skew towards middle, late rounds for that position and versatility. I think they're going to pay Najee. Um, I, I – I think he had a great. He's had a great couple of years. Yes, he's he's produced. Uh, I think we'd be lying if we said that that he's turned into Derrick Henry in his first three years. And I think that's what they wanted him to be. Um, he's not been a bell cow workhorse. He's been solid, and that that to me is not worthy of a first round pick. Pat, did you see what happened in the Pens game last night? I did. That was I, rough. Tough scene. That was tough. Tough. Uh, tough beat. Tough two, to get over that. We, two two Hall of Famers in for that to happen. Um, that just kind of tells you where the Penguins are at right now. I wonder um, what a hockey guy would think about that. Yeah, there you go. Look at that little transition into Tyler Kennedy joins us. Coming up next, we're going to get his thoughts on that whole sequence uh, between Latang and Malkin and losing 5-2, to two, really, to the Arizona Coyotes and obviously giving up a lead uh, a couple days ago to the Golden Knights. Where are the Penguins at? Where can they go? Do Does Ka- Tyler Kennedy see this getting fixed at any point? And... It's tough. It is tough. But we'll get his thoughts. Tyler Kennedy next, but first, a Bechtold headline.
It's the first time since 2017 that the Penguins have lost to the Arizona Coyotes. 5-2, to two, the loss on the road and what looked like a Penguins home game. The game being played at Arizona State. Pitt basketball tonight at Georgia Tech beginning at 7 o'clock. Our coverage on the fan begins at 6.30. Headlines, Proper Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville now open. For more, go to 937thefan.com. And now, here's Doran. Look, I'm always tired. I'm always sore. I'm up at 3 a.m. every day. Guys, I had to call Dr. Darren Dubiak and the whole team at Body by AIM 360. I needed my hormone levels checked. When I found out I had low T, it made so much sense. And listen, it's not just about taking a shot. From their IVs to their food planning, their supplements, everything was customized to me. That's the difference at Body by AIM 360. Call them today, 412-227-9255, or visit their website, bodybyaim360.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He'll bring it along in a delayed penalty. This is big for the Penguins. They're, They're just trying to kill as much time off. It went in! Oh my goodness! Oh, and that was the sequence last night between Latang and Malkin putting the puck in their own net. Oh, just a tough watch. Fan Morgia Twitter poll brought to you by PJ Fitzpatrick Home Improvement. Trust PJ.com. Pat Bostic, Thorne Dickerson, Austin Bechtold here. Joined now on the fan hotline by Tyler Kennedy. Tyler, you heard it right there. What was your initial thoughts whenever you saw Latang pass the puck back to Malkin and the puck went into their own net. Honestly, it was like, can things get any worse in this game? You know, I just, I didn't think they were ready. I didn't think I saw the jump. And then when that happened, I, I, you know, it was almost, you're almost laughing to yourself, you know, that it happened. And then I was starting to think like, if something like that happens, they should make it a league rule that it takes away from your goal total. Wouldn't that be awesome? Like if you scored, you had 10 goals and you scored on that. Now you only have nine. Wouldn't that be like such a fun rule? (laughs) You know? Oh man, that was, that was just tough. And you know, to me, like that was, that was where the Penguins are at right now. Um, You know, things haven't been working. Obviously you get Carlson in uh, the beginning of the season and he's a hall of fame player and you expect things to work out. Uh, The power play hasn't been working at all. 
uh, how how do they fix it? How do they move forward? And you know, what do you expect in response from uh, this team? Because uh, that could be demoralizing whenever you have plays like that, especially between two Hall of Famers. You're you're calling Carlson a Hall of Famer? Uh, potential Hall of Famer. Potential. 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 I always thought, you know. Well, well, the, 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 well the pl- the, I was talking about the sequence of the the puck going into the net between oh, Latang and oh, Vulcan. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. Those two are Hall of Famers, but um, I, I think this is a big game to look in the mirror and really assess where they are, what kind of team they are, because everything they did to build up that streak where they were really kind of humming along, looking positive, it just it just went flat after the last two games. Again, they were up by two goals in Vegas. They come back and win. Um, last night, I thought I was going to see a, a response game. I didn't like their game at all. I just, it just seemed like Arizona was a lot faster, a lot harder on pucks. And just imagine if you took Sidney Crosby out of the Pittsburgh Penguins lineup, where they would be at. It, it would be scary. It would literally be scary, you know. So I think they really have to look. And I do think something's got. I think they do need a change. It's too stale. It's been stale for, you know last you know week or two they were good for a month and then before that it was it just seems like it's kind of stale and they need something and is it they need something or this is what they are you know again i think we're always so positive and thinking that we have a stanley cup contender because we have those three hall of fame guys but when you look around is that is that what we are i i, I don't think so um, I do still think something's going to happen where we'll get them into a positive kind of mindset, either, you know, adding a player, getting rid of a player. You know, Kyle Dubas has his work cut out right now. And, you know, I, I bet you he's making a lot of phone calls, seeing what's out there, you know, assessing his coaching staff, seeing if this is the right move for him. I don't know if he'd move him now, but again, I think everyone's on that hot seat after this week. Tyler, you look at the power play, and that's probably a, a microcosm of where things are at. 0 for 3 last night again. Uh, do you think a shakeup starts there? Jeff Hathorn, our sports director, mentioned maybe taking Malkin off the first power play unit. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I'm willing to take anyone off the power play, but I would start with Gino. Again, Gino, like, when he's on, he's on. When he's not, he's not, you know, and again, he's a guy that can completely take over a game when he's pissed off, when he wants to win, something happens. Again, I think Gino can be a real dominant player still. Just right now, he's going through a tough time. He still has to find this game, but, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. When you get a reality check by getting, you know, either pushed down the lineup or taken off the power play, it wakes you up, and maybe that will help wake him up, push him into – where he needs to play and how he needs to play. Um, you know, Carlson, I'd take him off. Like, again, these, you know, going into their lineup, you know, having two offensive defensemen, it's always a dangerous slope. And, you know, when you look at San Jose Sharks, they had Brent Burns and Carlson. They traded Burns. Now Carlson was the man. He had obviously excelled. But when you have two guys like that, it's tough to see because they both think so offensively and sometimes it backfires and they go goal for goal and that's not the way you win. Uh, TK, real quick, you, you just mentioned that Dubas has his work cut out for him and probably making calls right now seeing who's out there. 
But who is in the building that could be trade bait and could be a top candidate? Could it be Gensel? Could Gensel be the guy that could be moved? Like, I think when you look at the team and you look at where they're at, and, you know, when I look at it, I'm like, Gensel is kind of the next guy. He's won. He's, he's honestly, he might be the next captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins when I look at the future. But when you think of a rebuild, this is not going to be a two-year rebuild. This is going to be a five, six-year rebuild. And in that group of time or in that set of time, you're going to miss Gensel's window. So he's going to be too old to lead the team into another championship. So it might be a good option to trade Gensel if you're really looking at the big picture. But I love Gensel. I think he's he's proven himself. He deserves you know the the Brinks truck to back up to him and pay him. But um, it's a it's a it's a very very interesting spot the Penguins are at because they have a lot of decisions to make. Thank you, TK. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Coming up next. Pirates made a move, Pat. Big move. Well, big. to some people, it's big. Some people don't like it. Of course, everybody has to nitpick whenever something positive happens. They made a move. They made a move. That is the. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. They made a move, and that is what we've been asking for. They needed it. They needed it. We'll talk about that next. We'll get Bechtold's thoughts on that, too, uh, coming up next. But first, a Bechtold headline. You heard it from TK. Pens lost 5-2 in Arizona. Penguins scored on their own net on a delayed penalty on a power play for Arizona when it was 3-2 in the third period. Latang dropped the puck back to Evgeny Malkin, who tipped the puck into his own goal. That was left occupied by Tristan Jari, who went off to the net due to the off to the bench due to the delayed penalty. Pit basketball tonight against Georgia Tech on the road at 7 o'clock. Our coverage here on the fan begins at 6:30. Headlines, the Power Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Dickerson, Bostick, Bechtold here on the fan morning show. Pat, Aroldis Chapman, the new Pirates reliever. One year, $10.5 million. I think the, the, the more of the story here... And there's people going both ways. And there's a, you know, a bunch of things that are going into this, obviously, signing. But I think the moral of the story is the Pirates actually did something. You know, they actually made a move and enhanced their bullpen. Um, you know, everybody's still looking for starting pitching. And I, I agree, you still need a starter out there. You still need one to, to be a part of your roster. But this is the type of move uh, the Pirates needed to make, in my opinion, a guy that had won two World Series, just won a World Series this past year, seven-time All-Star, and can still throw it. And, you know, he it's not like he's lost a step. So I, I think adding a guy like Aroldis Chapman uh, is a big move for the Pirates, and hopefully that transitions them into making more moves uh, as the weeks go on. Yeah, you get a guy that won. Obviously, he's been in the league for a long time. He, he's been around. He's won a World Series. He still can burn at 103, 102 down, down the pipe. It gives you something different. Uh, obviously, not everybody has that at their disposal. Uh, 3.72 ERA last year, 2.45 the year before with Kansas City. He's still performing, and they made a move. And hopefully, like you said, it's the it's the beginning of some more, a sequence of moves that they can bolster themselves. I heard you talking earlier about you know people looking forward to, to the Pirates because there's this void right now, right? The Steelers are done. They're kind of in a transition mode. The Penguins, are, is this the beginning of the end? 
for for the Sidney Crosby era and the Malkin era and Latang era, can the Pirates seize that? Can they seize that void in professional sports here in the marketplace? And I'm not saying Araldis Chapman is a is the answer, but more moves like that are the answer. And because the young nucleus is good, but get some guys in there along with Kutch that have won and then know how to do it. Bechtel, on a scale of one to ten, what what do you rank this move? Um, I've seen you know both sides of it. Not some people aren't super excited. Some people are very excited. Um, I'm just excited because they actually did something. Where do you rank it on a scale of one to ten? In terms of excitement, it's, yeah, ten being the best. I say it's probably about a six and a half, a seven. Or or actually, okay, so rank it in terms of um him helping the team win this year. I liked their seventh, eighth. And ninth inning guys with Majinski being the seventh inning guy, Holderman eight, and then Bednar obviously the back-to-back All-Star games as the closer. But I'm t- I tell you what, if you have Carmen Majinski, somebody who has emerged as a rookie last year, being able to pitch maybe the sixth inning because again the Pirates don't have a lot of starting pitching help right now that people really depend on and look to other than Mitch Keller. Maybe they go with an opener for a game. That further helps adding Chapman as somebody who you know is going to be able to pitch the eighth, hold him in the seventh, no matter which way they they swing it. It's another guy that you feel confident in. And that's something where you don't have as much confidence in the rotation. Maybe you have somebody go an extra inning or two, Majinski, uh, Barucki, in the first inning, or if you have to carry through the sixth, that you feel better where so many times the past year for the Pirates, the sixth inning was such a question mark. Right. Even the fifth inning, yeah. if the starters couldn't get there, this helps answer a couple more questions there. How about, uh, Pat, there's people out there that they, they're they real weary about the situation because Chapman and Kutch have had a history. Chapman hitting Kutch a few times throughout their playing history, and they don't know if they're going to jive together in the locker room. How about that? That just I, I, I would I, I would hope they've moved past that. <laughs> yeah, they I mean, played together in 2018. I, I I mean we fought with teammates every day. Every I mean, day, you know it's it's uh I yeah I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah. I mean that's ancient history. You know if they signed Cueto, I'm sure he'd be he'd be fine too. <laughs> right. Um, right. So it's it it I don't know. Uh, I mean, look, I, looking for it to not work, I guess is probably what's happening. Exactly. I mean I made the 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 analogy of you know it's like the Penguins signing Tom Wilson and people being like oh man I wonder if Tom Wilson's gonna fit in the locker room like nah everybody be like yeah come on we need you on our team. That's coming up on twelve years now. Really? Since that hit by oh, pitch. Okay. Twelve I'm, years. Like, come on. This is twelve crazy. years. I mean Cutch has had a couple kids since then. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, yeah. This is really, he, I, uh, he's yeah. left and came back. Yeah. A, like, lot, a lot's happened in that period of time and. <laughs> I think Cutch just wants to win. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. It's all that matters. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy 2024 starts with great incentives on the Trailblazer, Blazer, Equinox, and Silverado. SunChevy.com today, high of 41, high of 43, low of 30. Coming up next, um, who can be an instant hit in the NFL? Who can be an instant hit in 2024? That's what we'll talk about next on the Fan Morning Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.